she actually loves football and loves coaching as well does some brilliant work with youngsters she was on Swansea City's books and spent some time as a 16 year old with Bristol and she's a keen cricketer as well and actually the indoor cricket is going well the the ladies indoor league started uh, last week and there were matches played yesterday I'll give you the, the rundown on these and, and we'll get some thoughts from Fraser and Gordon later as well uh, Burton beat Nayland in their game Burton were 93 for one and uh, Nayland 52 for five uh, Nayland also lost to Haverford West and uh, Nayland 71 for five Haverford West was 72 for the loss of just one wicket uh, Burton lost to Chris Selly, Burton were 63 all out, Cresselli 65 for one in return and Cresselli managed to uh, beat Haverford West, Haverford West were all out for 66 replying to Cresselli's 92. Uh, so well done again to everybody involved with the uh, Indoor Cricket League for women, getting it up and running in the county is a, a really really good thing, excellent to see uh, that that's happening uh, and we'll get some thoughts I'm sure from Fionn on that a little bit later and anything you want to talk about as well as Covid restrictions live in Wales. Will that put an end to postponements uh, in uh, the world of football and rugby? And what about even at Premier League level as games continue to be called off? Has there actually been a bit of an issue here where Covid cases, injuries, players at the African Cup of Nations is all being conflated and we're seeing games being called off Tottenham Arsenal the latest example another one going tomorrow uh, Watford's match at Brentford I wonder if there's been enough transparency even at Premier League level as these games continually get called off we'll get some thoughts no doubt from uh, Gordon and Fraser on that and the ashes ended didn't it uh, just typical really of how the whole series has gone for England it was a, a humiliating finish to the series wasn't it what should happen uh, we'll see what Fraser Fraser and Gordon, and you think, should Joe Root be replaced as captain? Is it time for Chris Silverwood to go? Give us your thoughts on that and all the rest of the big sporting stories live on Facebook after eight o'clock. But right now, we'll get the latest news this Monday evening on Pure West Radio. From Rose Market to Rudd Baxton for Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio News. I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. The HM Coast Guard has celebrated their 200-year service. It was formed on January 15th back in 1822 and is made up of 352 teams located at stations around the UK. St David's marked the occasion along with the services of Dr George Middleton, who is today celebrating his 100th birthday. The St David's team said on the weekend of the 200th birthday of the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency, it's a privilege to share this celebration with Dr to George Middleton. His contribution to our local community and our search and rescue organisations is immeasurable. The Coast Guard Agency has mentioned that this coming year would have extra special sparkle, commenting over the last 200 years we've got bigger and better with age, from our earliest beginnings launching rocket apparatus to ships in distress to today's sophisticated search planning techniques, satellite services, modern rope and mud rescue techniques and state-of-the-art air assets. We've come a long way. We have evolved that our mission has always remained the same to save lives along our coasts and out at sea. 
Pembroke Dock Town and County Councillor Joshua Bainan will not stand for re-election in 2022. Speaking on Twitter, he said, When I first stood in 2017 for County Council elections, I was naive at 19 in the fact that I could change everyone's mind in believing that not every politician is the same. He continued, Despite realising you can't please everyone all the time, you can please some people some of the time. And I'm grateful to my constituents who saw that I had a real desire to represent and improve Pembroke Dock and Pembroke. Pembrokeshire. A web designer out one evening playing pool has made the catastrophic decision to drive after being unable to find a taxi. It was 12.50 in the morning that officers saw 26-year-old Daniel Metcalf's car behind them with no headlights on. They pulled him over and could smell alcohol. Metcalf supplied positive tests for both alcohol at the roadside and at the police station. Metcalf pleaded guilty at Haverford West Court on January 11th. The defence, Mr Keller, said he's taken the car into town and was going to take a taxi home but took the catastrophic decision to drive probation officer julie norman described how metcalf came to be driving his car in the circumstances saying that the defendant was playing pool in milford haven he said he wandered around for a while looking for a taxi when he did not find one he made the silly decision to get in his car metcalf has lost his license for two years and was made subject to 200 hours of unpaid work he will pay 85 pound costs 95 pound surcharge to be paid within 28 days Denzil Michael Thomas of St Mark's Close in Merlins Bridge was convicted on four charges, including being a trader knowingly or recklessly engaged in a commercial practice which contravened to the requirements of professional diligence. Thomas misled consumers in regards to omitting written details of contract, price, contact details, including business addresses and the right to a cancellation cooling off period and how to exercise it. 57-year-old pleaded guilty to all charges. He was told to pay compensation totally £350, costs of £750 and a surcharge of £22. All offences were discharged conditionally for three years. I'm Charlie James and that's the latest for Pembrokeshire. Listen online at purewestradio.com Well, a very good evening and welcome to the second half on Pure West Sports with Pembrokeshire Properties. The show's live right now on the Pure West Radio Facebook page and on your smart speakers. And we've got plenty to cover between now and nine o'clock this evening. We'll start by looking at the COVID-19 restrictions as they finally start to lift. Haverford West County will be back in action this weekend and we'll ask if this should see the end of local matches being postponed what about at Premier League level as well where the games continue to get cancelled is more transparency needed there joining us tonight to talk football will be the Aberystwyth Town ladies goalkeeper Fionn Ashman she's also a keen cricketer with Criselli and we're looking forward to having Fionn with us on Pure West Sport tonight we'll analyse the Ashes debacle and let you know about Pembroke's uh, upcoming cricket AGM And of course, with Fraser's background picture, very evident for those of you watching on the Facebook page, we will round up the Novak Djokovic affair all between now and nine o'clock. Gordon, first up, evening to you. How are you? 
I'm very good, Ben. I had a really good weekend, actually. It was nice to have a full programme of sport in Pembrokeshire. I saw a little bit of football at Clarberson Road and went to watch the Half and West Pembroke Dock uh, clash at Moulins Bridge. Yeah, really good. Excellent stuff and good coverage in that first hour of the uh, football from around the county. Excellent coverage from from Clarberston. We've got some rugby reaction as well. Uh, so, Fraser, you, you we weren't with us. Were you, with us? you weren't with us last week, were you? Because uh, work, has been, work has been quite busy. So, um, <laughs> in a nutshell, you, you, you've been keeping a very close eye on the Novak Djokovic affair. How's that been? Yeah, well, the irony is I put him as my um, profile picture because at the same time I'm looking forward to never writing or saying his name again. <laughs> Which we'll, think we'll do it once. <laughs> it, it's been a chaotic process, Ben, hasn't it? It's been a divisive saga and it's been a very sad one for tennis and sport when, when you cut through it all. Um, no one, there's no winners in all of this, Ben. Tennis Australia have courted chaos by, by handing out the original medical exemption, which had never been done in the first place. The government then handled things accordingly. Trotsky was treated badly, you can't argue that. But at the end of the day, the only person that Novak Djokovic has to blame for this ordeal is Novak Djokovic. You know, he chose not to be vaccinated. That's his right. It's, it, it, personally, I don't agree with that, but it is his right to do it. It's the right of everyone not to do it. You know, it is freedom of choice, but there are consequences to those actions. And, and this just isn't a case of, of not allowing an unvaccinated player in either and penalising him for his choices. This is a guy who flaunted isolation rules deliberately in Serbia and lied in his immigration forms. There's no two ways about it. And and it's actually quite sickening to see him portraying himself with almost this martyr and this heroine back home in Serbia to a hero's welcome. I think it sends out a dangerous message of what has been a, a very sad issue. It will be interesting to see, Mr Watson, what other countries now do when he has to do the actual mm. tennis tour. Mm. The, the French Open, it's interesting yeah. to say that code is broken today, that the French Open now require COVID passports for all their sporting events. So if that mm. rule is maintained until May, you'll need another exemption. And, you know, if they, you'd like to think they won't create another loophole for that because if there is and he exploits it, this whole circus repeats itself again. So um, yeah. as, as amusing as it's been, as much as we joke about it, and I've joked about it myself, it's been a sad one. It sent out a very dangerous yeah. message and it's divided yeah. a lot of people as well. It'd be good to hear from people watching actually what, what you make of that. And uh, yeah, Fraser, I think you, you're right in what you say there. Uh, this might just be the, the dress rehearsal because we, we could be revisiting this topic again because I, I think you will see other countries quite rightly uh, put into place their own COVID rules and, and you can't do much about that. And Djokovic does have a choice um, to make there. So I'm sure we'll be returning to that. Um, let, let's just focus a bit on COVID and the, the changes to the, the regulations and hopefully some good news now for, for clubs and a bit more clarity to come. Uh, we'll start actually by just um, bringing Tom in because the park run returned um, across Wales. Really well done to everyone at Haverford West and Colby Park Runs for running it, but also getting the volunteers together at short notice to actually put the event on. Uh, Tom, you're in Haverford West. You came, I think, you came thirteenth in twenty four forty six. It was, which it was, was great effort. It was a slow one for me though. I'm usually a twenty one, twenty twenty two kind of guy. So uh, it, it just shows what putting on a, a podcast as opposed to music does for for my park run. <laughs> but it was, it was nice to ease back into it. <laughs> and how how was the the atmosphere among park runners? Because it's been a, a controversial one in Wales that the, the park run was stopped yeah um really good atmosphere the the thing about park run if you haven't been it is that you see the same faces every week it becomes part of your part of your Saturday morning ritual and you see the same people and when you're able to typically you would have a cup of tea and something afterwards as well and that's been missed now for far longer than than just these last couple of weeks and you can just see that people are happy to be out they're still keeping their distance on the race course but they're, they're saying oh hi Steve hello hello how are you getting on happy new year it was the first time people could see each other and for for some people that might be the only time that they go out yeah. and exercise with other people 
and it and it does challenge you like it's not a race as much as people do challenge themselves with it but it gets people into that into that frame of mind that I'm going to push myself a little bit harder than maybe I did last week, depending on how you're feeling. And it was just yeah. a really nice atmosphere to get people out on, on that run. And, and let's hope now that this is the, the path back to some normality um, across Pembrokeshire and across Wales. I'm going to wind Fraser up in just a second because I know he's ready to go on a few points here. Uh, Gord, you mentioned you were at Clarberston Road. Uh, h- how good is it to see football back on on a Saturday? Yeah, I mean, the previous week was very disappointing, wasn't it? There was only a couple of games uh, played in the top uh, top flight in Pembrokeshire. But uh, this Saturday, all games were completed and there seemed to be a different atmosphere. The Welsh Government announced on the Friday they were going to have more than 50 spectators at ground. So uh, it sort of eased everything over that weekend. So at Clarberson Road versus Merlin's Bridge is always uh, a good game to go to. Uh, the bridge are going through a transition transitional period to be fair to them and Clabberson Road are probably having one of their better seasons I think they're third or fourth in the first division and um, <clears throat> they went behind through Matthew Divery playing up front who used to be their manager he's probably in his mid-30s now Matthew but he, he scored a terrific goal playing up front when he normally plays at uh, left or right back uh, but uh, Charlie George equalised for uh, Clarby just before the interval and it was a cagey fair in the second half, no further goal. So they had to um, have a, a, a be content with a point apiece. Good stuff. So, Fraser, uh, great to see. Good to see Gordon out and about. And I know you were as well. Uh, this is the big question now then. As, as COVID regulations start to lift, have we seen the end of these Saturdays where games are cancelled at short notice? I like to hope so, Ben, because this rule, and it hasn't the Pembroke League that brought this in, it wasn't them, it was the FAW, that needs to be noted. But this rule where you can call off without penalty, I'm afraid it's just seen teams taking advantage. You know, and, and I keep saying this, I genuinely understand if a team has a COVID outbreak in their squad that affects a mass amount of numbers, there's nothing they can do about it. And so long as isolation rules are in place, um, until that's a decision that goes above us, goes above sport, that's a government decision. And as long as people have to isolate where they have COVID-19, there is a danger of that happening. But, you know, I've seen some reasons for games called off rugby and football in the last couple of weeks. I'm just not having that. You know, things that, you know, boys not wanting to change in cars, saying you can't socialise in the bar afterwards, not that sort of thing. We've been so long without these sports, haven't we? You've heard so many complaints, so many supposed fears about clubs going to the wall, boys not coming back. Now, they have the chance to play again. And they're not prepared to improvise. And you can say that's easy for me sitting from afar. I don't care. I think it's been... So in your playing days, Fraser, in your playing days, if, if you were playing right now and they said you need to change in the car, would that, that you'd have just done it? Without doubt. Without yeah. doubt, or you, or you change at home, or you did what Haken did the other week. I think they, they met at the OBS, or they all, they'd all changed by then, and they went down changing their cars. I think, going to remind me, the fixture, it may have been to, um, to handle Fishguard, some, right. Fishguard, sorry, Fishguard. Yeah. You, know, you improvise. You know, mm. we've been that long mm. without sport. And, and I've seen, I think there's games of rugby called off for a poor pitch this week as well, and it's been quite dry weather, you know, there hasn't been a particular amount of rain about. So, you know, if you've got injuries, if you've got a weakened squad, I'm sorry, get on with it. You know, we've been long enough without this for... for teams who are messing about like this. Gordon, what about the example the Premier League are setting though? Because uh, Premier League matches are going all the time. Uh, with another one tomorrow, uh, I think Watford and Burnley has now been cancelled. Tottenham yeah. Arsenal went on Sunday. Uh, it yeah. seems to me there needs to be more transparency here because uh, teams are calling games off in the Premier League because they've got a combination of injuries, players at the AFCON, and COVID. Now, for me, the, the injuries and the, the yeah, outcome... Well, in my that... humble opinion, professional clubs have got nothing to answer there. They've got big enough squads. 
they got mm. uh, academy players or wherever they can draft in. If that has to be the case, then they should fulfil the fixture. There's no way that they should be calling off games because they've got so many injuries in their squad and plus one COVID case. I mean, Tottenham are a prime example. I can't remember the last time they played, to be honest with you. But they should really <laughs> I, have got, got back, you know, got out there and played their football. There's enough in the Tottenham squad, the Burnley squad, and if it was Manchester United, I'd be saying the same thing. Just to be clear, I think I think the call off came from the Arsenal side uh, rather than the, the Tottenham side on this occasion. I do I have to correct you on that, Gordon. It it, it wasn't the Tottenham side. Um, and, and as I said, I blame Man United if it was them. Well, um, if, if it's you, Arsenal, it's them. Um, there's it, no excuse for professional clubs no, I not agree fulfilling with you. fixtures. Because they've all got under twenty three squads, they've got academy yeah. players. You know, yeah. you, you do have to play them at some point. So, Fraser, do you think what we're seeing at the Premier League is actually kind of just filtering back down to the grassroots, and it's it becomes too easy to call a game off? Yeah, of course it is. And look, Arsenal have taken a brunt of the blame for this this week, haven't they? For that dubious postponement against Spears, and obviously Burnley have taken some today as well. But you know, the Premier League set a very dangerous precedent when they started allowing teams to do this, and then almost sent. A, that precedent then became very confusing when some games were called off and others weren't, and no one really knew what the exact protocols were. And, and it's yeah. time to draw a line under it now. You know, I think the original fear from this Omicron wave has gone. Um, obviously, people are still being infected, but certainly in terms of the severity of the illness, if you get it. And, you know, like I said, there is going to be it is going to be the time when the government, unfortunately, not sport calls when the isolation periods are over and calls when society learns to live with coronavirus. But uh, until that point, the Premier League are going to have to take some, some kind of command here. And, and I agree with Gordon, it's gone on too long. It's going fast. We've got 20 Premier League games called off now. So I would say in the Premier League, it, plain and simple, it, it should just stop. The, the COVID call-offs should stop. Yeah. And, and they should say, no, you can't you can't call games off. That isn't a valid reason. Um, yeah. You've all got players. And then Gary Neville's been quite vocal on that. How about locally, Gordon? Fraser's made some good points about, about the situation, you know, using changing rooms and that sort of thing. Mm. Would you put a similar rule in for local games as well? Well, to be fair, um, as I said earlier, the, the restrictions were lifted for the crowds on the Friday and uh, and everybody played on the Saturday, to be fair. The week before was a bit of a mockery of it. But uh, I think things will return to normal in the Premier League now because, uh, you know, uh, the Omicron virus isn't as bad as the Delta virus. And uh, we're starting to move towards uh, a brighter end of the tunnel. And I think that uh, teams will want to go out there and play every Saturday. They should be wanting to play every Saturday. And if we do find that teams are not fulfilling their fixtures... I would strongly uh, feel about uh, deducting them some points if it came to that. But you, you must think, Fraser, and you're, I'm sure you, you'd say this as well, T, mo- the majority of clubs we're, we're talking about locally in Pembrokeshire want to play, don't they? Yeah, I'm sure they do. And players watching and listening to this want to play. Sure. Yes, I'm sure they do. We're talking about isolated cases, but like I said, look, I've got, I've got no issue if there's a COVID outbreak and there's got nothing you can do about it while these current rules are in. But there have been other reasons that have been given mm-hmm. for games being called off, which I personally don't think is acceptable given given everything that's been through and given the efforts that have gone to get things back up and running again. And, you know, we, we've made the point as well about Parker, and I think it's great that Parker is back and running, but all the folks as well seem to be on that. Now, we've also got to remember there are a lot of event, event owners out there, you know, not just Parker, and who can be still are restricted even now I think in Wales correct me if I'm wrong if they could have an outdoor event but if it's got 50 people or more 
um, they wouldn't be able to run it tomorrow, would they? So, you know, you're talking, if it, we had a, an Ironman around the corner, for example, yeah. a long course weekend. So, you know, it, as, as well, as I'm delighted that people are back out in park run. It's a great thing for the community. But I'm also concerned for the event owners and the competitive runners as well, who, who you know, for some people's livelihoods, you know, again, being on hold here as well. So those restrictions for them, I hope, are lifted as soon as possible too. Yeah, let's um, let's hope that does happen. A- absolutely right, because it, it is difficult, and we, we focus a lot on on the clubs, haven't we? And, and, and the impact it's had there. But we, we've had event organisers on this show, um, and and it's not easy for them at all. So yeah, we, we, I completely take your point there. Uh, Fionn's going to be with us in a few moments' time. We're going to continue to talk football. We'll also uh, touch on the Ashes. I'm have to revisit those predictions we made uh, right at the very start. I know mine went out the window after about an hour of the first session, but I think Fraser and Gordon got, got a little bit closer um, with, with their predictions. So we will revisit those. We've got some Pembrokeshire cricket news to come as well, uh, all here. And of course, you can get involved. Leave us a message on the Facebook page. We'll get to some of those in a few moments. It is Monday evening and it's pure West sport. The power of radio. Bad weather. At the racetrack. In the shower. Oh, sorry. All things that never actually happened. While listening, you pictured them all, didn't you? You see, radio uses the theatre of the mind. It has a one-to-one connection with every person listening. So, if you want to get your business message across, then there is really no more intimate, creative or cost-effective way than using radio. So to find out more about advertising on Pure West Radio, email studio at purewestradio.com. And we won't send our fire-breathing, water-boiling, toaster-popping crowd over to see you. Yeah, and once again, that's not real. Radio advertising. Try it today. The Valero Community Update on Pure West Radio keeps you updated with the various projects Valero are supporting in Pembrokeshire. From sports clubs, schools, charities and musicians to members of staff from Valero who volunteer their time. We hear about the latest community projects Valero do to support our community on the first Wednesday of every month at 10.15am. Only on Pure West Radio. If you miss it, catch up on the podcast at purewestradio.com. The Valero Community Update. Ah, enemy ahead. Fire. Where? I can't see them. Right there. Fire. Oh, man, you missed again. You need to get your eyes tested. Nah, mate. I ain't got the cash for that. You're in college. You can get an eye test for free. Really? From where? I'm with Mags Optics. They're in the Riverside Arcade in Halford West. Sick. I'll check it out. Eye tests are free for children under 16 and those aged 16 to 18 who are in full-time education. Glasses up to £85 are free for students aged 18 and under with an NHS voucher. Call Paul, Tina and the team on 01437 767744 or go to magsoptics.co.uk to book an appointment. Mags Optics are the proud sponsors of the gaming show on Pure West Radio. At KO Carpets, you know quality is assured. We've been your local family-run business for over 40 years. We're widely recognised as Pembrokes' leading supplier of domestic and contract flooring. We provide full end-to-end service, free measures and estimates, free delivery and free fitting by our professional team of highly skilled fitters. Come and see us at Vine Road, Johnston, or drop us an email, sales at kocarpets.com. We're a knockout at flooring. This is Pure West Radio, for Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. Every time you come around, you know I can't say no. Every time the sun goes down, I let you take control. 
standing alone Conversations with a stranger I barely know Swearing this will be the last But it probably won't I got nothing left to lose Or use Or do my bad habits lead to Ed Sheeran and Bad Habits on Pure West Radio. We're live on the Pure West Facebook page and on your smart speakers for a Monday evening with Pembrokeshire Properties and a really good start to the show as well. Give us your thoughts as COVID regulations change. Uh, what does that mean for clubs resuming across Pembrokeshire? We're going to talk about the ashes before the end of the show as well. Uh, but we are really pleased to welcome uh, onto the show right now uh, Women's Premier League goalkeeper with Aberyst with Town uh, from Pembroke Dock, Fionn Ashman is with us. Hi, Fionn, how are you? Hello, yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Excellent stuff. And we, we gave you a mention actually on the on the show maybe a month or so ago, wasn't it, Gordon? And, and you said then we'll have to get Fionn to come and join us. Yeah, I d- well, it was uh, an old friend of her dad's, Neil Morris, who played with him at Pembroke Borough. Mark, her dad, played for Pembroke Borough in goal for many years. And uh, he said to me to, to mention that uh, <laughs> Fionn had been uh, picked for the Welsh Premier Women's Team of the Week. Uh, but she not only did it once, she did it two weeks in a row. So uh, she she got more, uh, more. she's highly rated, more highly rated than her dad, Mark. I can tell you that now. <laughs> it didn't take him long to get that comment in. I think Gordon had that lined up. Um, yeah. we, we, we really want to talk to you about your, your kind of path into where you are now. But um, let's just talk about the season. You, you've been on a, a bit of a break over the Christmas period with, with Aberyst. With, how's the season been going so far? Um, the season actually has been... Uh, really positive. Um, last season, unfortunately, we didn't have the greatest of season. We finished in the bottom. Um, but because of the whole new league setup and our academy and how good our club is on, in the background, we were able to secure our place in the new Arden Premier League this year. Um, and we've restructured with new coaching staff, new players coming in, lots of youth coming through. Um, and we managed to, just before Christmas, secure a top four uh, finish um, and we're in the quarterfinal of the Arden Premier Cup as well so uh, very very positive season so far. Excellent stuff let me bring Fraser in I know he's keen to ask a question. Yeah Fionn obviously you were at Swansea City beforehand and you were a couple of challenges towards the top top of the league and challenging for honours each season and so on and you, you took the decision to step back from there and join Aberyst with it which must have been a big call because obviously you were leaving a side which was up at the top of the league competing but now you've obviously as Ben's just pointed out, you're in a great season at the moment, Aberyst. Does that justify your call and justify the decision you made, do you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll be honest with you guys, when I was at Swans, I like hit a bit of a wall with football. Um, decided to take like a step back a year out. Did I really miss it? Did I? And mm. I did. I really missed it. <laughs> um, but I just wanted like a fresh start away, um, just try something new. And Aberyst has always been a club well-known uh, in the women's yeah. football in the Welsh Prem. Um, and it's just such a great ethos there of like team and stuff. And so I went along to training and haven't looked back. And a hundred percent this year, I can safely say it's worth. It was. It's absolutely worth it. How important it is that? Be, I, oh, 
Yeah. Let me just, let me come in, Gordon. Yeah, come then, on, then come in. I was just going to say because I'm sure we've got people watching Fionn who, who will be able to relate to what you just said. Where you, you stopped, you hit a wall, you weren't enjoying it, so you took a break. How important was it for you to to recognise that? And, and what's kind of changed by joining ABBA? How's that reignited it for you? Um, I think just because um, well, women's football, we we don't get paid or anything. Um, we have to pay to travel to the places, uh, to train and everything. And I just think. I just missed loads of things with family and friends because uh, I was so committed to football. So I just think I just wanted to make sure that I was making the right decision, uh, really. And I took that break and 100% I was like, yeah, I, I really want to just try it one more time. And since I've been back, I've, I, well, I love it. It's, I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know why I had a break now, but <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely love it. That's great. Go on, Gordon. Yeah, well, you're obviously very committed to the cause, uh, to be honest with you, Fee. I mean, you're travelling back and forth Swansea, mm. but now you're going to Mid-Wales, Aberystwyth. So that is a huge commitment. Uh, so I don't know how many times a week do you actually train, but obviously you must train at least once a week up there. And then obviously you've got to play at the weekend. So uh, how are you finding that from Pembroke Dock up to Aber? That's a bit of a run. Mm. Um, yeah, it um, it takes its toll. It's nice over Christmas. We've had a break again, so yeah, um, we're ready to go again. But there's a few of us down here, so we all share a car, oh, um, and that, that it's a it's a great laugh to be with the girls. We're quite a close little group, um, and our team's really close, so it's quite nice. And we only train on a Thursday. I do. There is training on a Tuesday, but they train really early, so I would never be able to get there in time. Yeah. Um, and then Sundays, well, wherever our fixtures are, really, which could be anywhere, really, in South Wales. Yeah. 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 Fraser? Yeah, Fiona, I know you've been involved in cricket as well. We're going to come on to that. But one more football question. So it's a bit of a million-dollar question, which we've asked a few <laughs> times on the show and had a few guests as well, but I haven't cracked the answer yet. Obviously, you know, Within Pembrokeshire, there, there isn't much available, is there, for trying to play high standard mm. of football? There's no getting away from that. You're talking about yourself, someone who wants to, to play a high standard. You've had to go to Swans. You've had to go to Aberystwyth. I don't believe there's any nearer options, even if you wanted to, or certainly not much nearer. How, are you saddened by the situation in Pembrokeshire? Could we whereby have a situation where maybe a side, whether it be a club in Pembrokeshire or even a combined Pembrokeshire side, could eventually enter the Welsh League? Or, or is we simply too far off for that happening anytime soon? Um, I 100% think there's talent down here that gets missed. Mm. Um, back when I was playing like junior football, we my uh, my local football team was incredible. Like it was me mm. and Howard James, sure. um, yeah. Molly, um, Hannah Lewis, who we all like. There was about six or seven of us that went on to international football. Plus, well, you can look at Howard now, setting the example. Mm. Uh, playing in America um, and I do think over the years there's probably even more players that haven't even been given the opportunity to play at a higher level um, due to where they live which shouldn't is, shouldn't be happening really nowadays especially women's football I would love absolutely love to see a club many clubs from Hermitshire mm. um, enter a team into some higher leagues um, and eventually the Welsh Prem the, that, that'll be a really proud moment I think for Many of us from around here, it's just um, being able to get that funding, get that get that up mm. and running, really, with the help of... Um, we need the support of the men's clubs, like half of us men um, would be great. And I think that, that could be set in stone. That could help us a long way, to be fair. Because as you just said, and, and as Fraser Gordon and Tom know, because we, we speak about it on the show quite a bit, uh, Fionn, there's plenty of talent in Pembrokeshire, yeah. isn't there? Absolutely. And that 
you can see it over the past. Like I just mentioned a few names there, but there's even, um, I know a couple of girls now that are in the Swansea setup, like in the Swansea team, Swansea ladies, mm-hmm. um, pushing to make the Swansea first team. Like there's a couple in the under 19s, like Ali Brayson or from Tembe. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely talent here, but we've always, we've got to be extra committed, I find, to some yeah. other parts of Wales. We've got to travel to, well, an hour and 45 minutes, mm-hmm. two hours just to, train and play a game at a decent standard to be able to improve ourselves. And, and for people watching who, who maybe don't know enough about the league, Fionn, and, and I've, I've been looking into it because I knew we were talking to you today, and, and it, it's great to see the range of sides now from across Wales. I know it adds to the travelling, as, as Gordon said, but there, there's a whole range of teams now playing in the in the uh, Premier League. And um, What would you say about what's the standard like across Wales right now? Uh, the standard is growing and growing every year. Um, I can 100% tell you there is no easy game. <laughs> um, and obviously when we play in the top four, um, like Swansea City, Cardiff Met and Cardiff City, who have all those facilities, train many times a week. It's always a challenge. But as we, Aberys, have showed this year, we went away to Swansea and we drew nil-nil, which in all fairness was like a win for us. Um, so that it just shows the standards growing, that the league's getting tighter every year. Um, and it's nice to see, because a few years ago, there used to be a few North Walian teams, um, and then they kind of uh, phased out a little bit. But now there's um, a couple of North Walian teams, like TNS are in there now, um, and Clan Dudno, they're all back playing in the Arden North League. So fingers crossed, we could have like a like a Super League. Uh, equivalent. Yeah, that, that would be great. Let me just read out some messages and then we, I know we'll come to the cricket in just a sec as well because you are, Fionn, you're one of those annoying people that's talented at so many different sports. So we're, we're going to talk about cricket in a sec, but uh, some great messages coming in. Uh, Pete Kingdon says, top stuff, Fee, really proud of you. Um, Caitlin says, you're amazing, Fionn. And Jason Chapman has said, um, Haverford West have just started a girls' development team. Um, so hopefully things are, are moving in the, in the right direction there, which, which is positive news. That is very positive, yeah. Uh, I was just going to ask you, um, when you come back again after this break you've had, what, what's the targets for the, the next half of the season for ABBA? Uh, the target is to keep our cup run going as long as we can. Um, you never know with a cup, luck of the draw. Uh, could reach a final. This, we're in the quarterfinals now. Um, and definitely just try and cause as many upsets as we can now when we play against uh, Cardiff City, Cardiff Met and Swansea, because we'll be playing in the top four. Um, just against those three teams, which is going to be very tough. We know that. But the squad and is so positive. Everyone's together and everyone's willing to work hard. So, fingers crossed, we can take some points off them. It's and your personal goal? Uh, my personal goal? Your, your dad would say to keep as many clean sheets as I can. <laughs> Absolutely. If I keep a clean sheet, then I know we're, we're on our way to take some points. So, yeah, 100% yeah. clean sheets for me. Who are your um, who are your goalkeeping heroes, Fionn? Oh, um, Nadine Agenja. She was the German women's keeper. I've actually got her gloves from when she played in Hartbridge Meadow. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. I asked her for her gloves. I must have been about nine or ten. And then male, I'd probably go Casper Schmeichel. I think I think he's quality. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the most underrated keepers around, I think, Casper Schmeichel. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We can have a good five-a-side team in Pembrokeshire, though, because we can have Fionn in goal one end, Joe Price, the other end as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. On yes. this show. Yeah, we, we'd be well represented. Um, Fraser, you, you weren't with us last week um, because you, you, you were working, but we, we, we spoke quite a bit, Gordon and I, about the start of the Indoor Cricket League yeah. in Pembrokeshire. And just, uh, we'll talk to Fionn in a sec because Fionn played in it, in it. But uh, Fraser, your take on that, the fact that it, it, it's the inaugural uh, Women's Indoor Cricket League, that's a big moment, isn't it, in the county and a good moment yeah absolutely in complete contrary actually to what we were talking about football there which football really needs to get back up the ground in terms of the women's game in Pembershire the cricket side women's cricket has actually boomed in the last couple of years both outdoor and now indoor and the fact that there is enough interest and there are enough teams to have a competitive indoor league is a major step forward but it started I think with outdoor cricket in the last couple of years there's been a great uptake I think things like the all-stars program and, and women's junior teams and sorry girls junior teams have helped that and and it's come to fruition now and the pleasure actually covering Fion a couple of times and it was well, the scale fair cup I still call it I think I'm outdated now in the last couple of those finals good competitive affairs big crowds and now we've got the indoor league as well and we'll see Priscelli going well and, and Fion an integral part of that yesterday I, I read two wins Fion yesterday uh yes so yesterday was our first time of playing indoor cricket um and to be honest it was my first ever time playing indoor cricket but I can honestly say I loved it um, such a fast, quick game, but we we played really well. Yeah, we played Burton and we played against Harford West. So um, two good wins to start off our season. Do you keep wicket? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says this. I feel in close, but I don't. I don't keep wicket. Goalkeepers usually assume. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you think of the the Nayland Hub down there? The facility they got mm. down there. Oh, the facilities are superb. Um, could do with a couple of more of them around, I think. But um, yeah. take my hat off to Nayland. That's a fantastic. If you, if you write a letter to Paul Miller, he may be able to help you. <laughs> Gordo, I told you off last week. We got too political last week. <laughs> go on, phrase. Yeah, feel well. First, to go back to what you said earlier, I wish with men's football teams felt like a win when they got a draw at Swansea. But we'll come back to that maybe later on. But in terms of the cricket. Women's cricket, now the international game, the professional game, is a lot more exposure than before, doesn't it? We, we saw the 100 where games were played, you know, almost as a, as a curtain raiser to the men's, that drew in bigger crowds, a lot more is televised. You've got a Women's World Cup with, coming up, which got a lot more publicity than Women's World Cups did in the past. Does that make any difference, do you think? Uh, do you think even to girls around here in a remote place like Pembroke, the fact that they get to see stars now and they have outlets to aim for, so to speak, does that help with the uptake around here? Um, absolutely, um, I think so. Like a couple of us girls went to watch the hundred cricket last year, yeah. and you see the to look on the stadium, you see the kids. Like there were so many children there, and um, asking for autographs at the end, and had all their like Welsh fire shirts on. And I hundred percent think having role models on the screen and just being able to turn the telly on and it says women's live cricket, um, yeah. and just like women's live football now. It is. It's just. Yeah so much more positive for younger children growing up um, to be able to go, oh, I could be on telly, just role models, I could be like them. Like, I think it gives me more the aspiration to do well and what they want to do. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. I tell you what, we've got some brilliant messages coming through. Um, your brother, <laughs> Craig's message to say he's really so proud of my little sister and all she achieves in the sport she loves. Uh, Lorraine says, very proud of my niece, Fionn. She's so committed. And Debbie says, Fee, you're a fabulous role model. Uh, well done. And it's been brilliant chatting to you, actually, Fionn, and your, your passion and love for sport com- comes across. What, what would you say to girls who are watching this now, who, who maybe are in two minds about whether they should play sport or play football? What, what would be your advice to anyone watching this right now? 
Um, just to, to to do it, follow your dreams. And like I was just growing up, <laughs> playing behind my dad's goal <laughs> on a Saturday. Um, and then I've gone on to like represent my country, travel around some of Europe, been to New York to play football. So I, I think when the world's your oyster if you if you're committed and work hard. I've got to say, like obviously, got to give my dad a little bit of a shout out here. Like without him, I would never have done any of it. But um, he's been slagging him off. All yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking me to everything. So uh, without him, I wouldn't have been able to do it all. But. I, I- I tell you what, Fionn, don't mention the time I scored a penalty in the semi-final <laughs> up against him, OK? Don't mention it to him. Playing for the bridge against Moncton. He said you were going to give him some stick. <laughs> so, is, is dad a keeper we're, we're as well? Rest, uh, yeah, my dad was a goalkeeper, yeah. Ah, who, who's better? Oh. Who's the, be- who's the better keeper? Fionn. Yeah, I think... <laughs> <laughs> Good From stuff. what I feared, I'd definitely say dad. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need him to give you a lift somewhere, don't you? That's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, Fionn, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, good luck for the second half of the season with with Abbott. And you'll have to come back on and tell us how that goes um, in a couple of months' time. That, that would be excellent. But it's been a pleasure talking to you. Keep up the great work. Keep flying that Pembrokeshire flag and keep living that dream because you're doing a great job. Thank you ever so much. Thank you. Excellent stuff. Uh, Listen, if you're watching on the Facebook page, we're going to take a moment. We're going to come back for the final part of Pure West Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties next. Castle Hot Tubs, a Wales' largest multi-award winning wellness company based right here in Pembrokeshire. Offering luxury hot tubs and swim spas to suit every need and budget. Check out their Pembrokeshire range of hot tubs inspired by the beautiful beaches and coastline of our county at castlehottubs.co.uk. A warm welcome awaits at the new showroom on Vine Road in Johnston. Want to win a hot tub for a week? Tune into Pure West Radio every weekday morning at 10.45 and play Where's the Hot Tub for your chance to win. Castle Hot Tubs, the friendly company. Big enough to cope, small enough to care. Some things in life can be a bit of a conundrum and seem to be more trouble than they're worth. But listening to digital radio shouldn't be one of them. Here's a good one. What's so smart about listening on a smart speaker? Well, the answer is actually quite clever. It's a speaker you can talk to, so you can just ask it for your favourite radio shows. Request a station or programme by name and you'll get the live broadcast or the most recent episode. There's no searching by frequency and you can cook in the kitchen or dance doing the housework to whatever you've asked your speaker to play. Quite smart for a speaker. Find out more at getdigitalradio.com. Love radio. Go digital. <laughs> Loch Farm ice cream. Handmade delicious ice cream using the milk of their 350 free-range cows right here from their Pembrokeshire family farm. Come and try the extensive range of flavours which include traditional banana, blackberry, chocolate, coffee, ginger, lemon, Pembrokeshire honey, Pembrokeshire salted caramel, raspberry truffle, pistachio, strawberry and many more at their newly opened shop on the Riverside, Haverford West. They offer a range of sizes from small tubs and cones to eat on the go or insulated takeaway tubs for you to enjoy at your own pleasure. Loch Farm Ice Cream.
It's Edwin Collins and a girl like you on Pure West Radio. This is Pure West Sport, final part of tonight's show with Pembrokeshire Properties. Uh, Gordon, that was great to speak to uh, Fionn, an- another excellent guest on the yeah, show, very what a, passionate. What a pleasant young lady and really grounded, isn't she? she she's done a lot in her uh, career playing for the Swans and now she's with uh, uh, Aberystwyth playing in the Welsh Premier. And uh, she's just so grateful to be involved in football. You can see she, she had that little break and she's gone back to yeah. it and she's really enjoying it. And she's also just taken up uh, cricket with Criselli and played in the first in her first indoor game at the weekend. And she said she loved it. It's yeah. great, isn't it, to talk Clearly. to somebody like that who's so enthusiastic. Yeah, no, that's excellent stuff. And, and we'll share that video again on the, the Pure West Radio Facebook page. Uh, so uh, the, the, we started the show talking about the COVID regulations changing. Of course, for Welsh Premier League sides, it, it was difficult. We, we had Rob Edwards on the show a couple of weeks ago and Haverford West weren't going to play uh, whilst there were restrictions on, on fans going. So uh, they're back in action this weekend, the way to Newtown. Uh, Fraser, how tough will it, will it be, do you think, to have a stop-start kind of thing for, for the Bluebirds? Will it, will it be easy for them to make a return on Saturday? I know they've had a few friendly games behind closed doors yeah no I don't think it's particularly dif- difficult and you got to remember everyone's in the same boat but they have had two two games um, like you say friendlies in the last couple of weeks played for Martin Town a week ago and another game this weekend as well so I think in, in fact given the injury situation they had before Christmas it may even benefit them there may be other clubs in the same boat but um, well, what will be difficult is they're almost going straight into a do or die period now isn't it and, and there is no time to, to warm up so to speak or to get their bearings or however you want to word it every result is critical from now on in I think it's a double header coming up with Aberyst within it which could potentially, you know, be deciding whether they stay in the Welsh Premiership this season or not, depending on how the results go. So I think all teams are in the same boat. I don't think there's any excuses the teams going in. I think the difficulty will be getting that mentality right to come off a break and go into this. Mm. And we have to remember, you know, that news has broken the last week about Ben Fawcett being on the transfer list. That's yeah. because of a bidding war being started for him. You know, TNS and Kevin Druid are both heavily linked there. So they are likely to be without one of their best players for the remainder of the season. So I suggest yeah. they want to get that business done and bring someone in for the end of January. Um, Gary have... Richards and Jazz Richards, Gordon, in, in temporary charge this weekend of, of the Bluebirds, whilst uh, Nicky Hayen's visa issues are sorted out. And, and that's yeah. just the process that's going on, isn't it? Yeah, obviously he's, he can work behind closed doors uh, with the squad, but on official match days, he, he can't... Uh, be in the dugout, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but obviously, he would have got his points across to Jazz Richards and Gary Richards, who were very experienced. Very experienced, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. you can't get much better than uh, those two in charge of uh, Half West County at this moment in time. So um, I'm hoping that they do hit the ground uh, running. Run They've signed a striker from um, uh, Connors Key, who had a hat trick uh, this weekend as well. So uh, hopefully, um, he continues in that vein on Saturday. Indeed, they'll, they'll need that. We've actually had Jason ask us, what, what do we make of Sean Pemberton uh, joining Carmarthen Town? Someone we, we've spoken to on the show uh, before, Haverford West legend, but going back to his hometown club, Fraser, was that a surprise? I, I was surprised in that. I thought when, when Sean originally retired, well, retired from Haverford West, so it wasn't retirement. Obviously, it was stepped down from playing at Haverford West and became a coach, and he hinted that he might continue playing. I, I did then assume wrongly, it turned out, that he would go back to a more local football 
Um, I think there were Pembrokeshire clubs interested. They were bound to be. Um, I hadn't realised that you know you stepping down from Welsh Prem to still play a very high level and commendable to him that he has. In terms of the move to Carmarthen, am I that surprised? No. You know, if you look at the travel at this stage of his career, it's minimal for him. Like you say, it's a hometown club. Obviously, Chris O'Sullivan and Sean Cress are both there. He played under them at Half West, played actually alongside Sully as well. So, in terms of where he's gone, no, I'm not surprised. Am I surprised that he has continued at that level? A little bit, yes. Okay, um, good luck to, to Sean there. Uh, good luck as well to Liam Cullen, uh, who came off the bench mm. for Lincoln at the weekend. He's gone on loan. Uh, sorry, did, did he start for Lincoln um, on, for on Lincoln, Saturday? Yeah, yeah play, played 80-odd yeah. minutes for Lincoln. Uh, he's gone on loan uh, from Swansea City, and, and we want to see him playing football. Um, we're just going to skip on to some cricket now uh, to, to finish the show. Some local news in a sec. Uh, but we, we revisit. I don't know, Tom, did, did you make a note of our predictions? I think... Um, not sure. I, I made a note that there, there was one optimistic uh, among the ranks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to revisit my Ashes prediction because I, I thought England would win. Um, I think Gordon went with the whitewash and Fraser said 4-0, didn't you? Um, Gordon, uh, you, you, I think, pretty much nailed it. it. It wasn't a good Ashes series for England in the end, was it? I didn't really want to nail it that, you know, <laughs> but England are struggling at this moment in time. It doesn't matter how we dress it up. They are a second poor side to Australia in this test series. Things can only get better. So hopefully uh, they regroup now in the summer. Um, they got a few uh, one-day tests and uh, obviously... Well, there's a, there's test, test matches in the West Indies in March. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing with a professional cricketer. There's no let-up, is there? You know, it's uh, it's not as though they can just have a break for a few months and then come back. Mm. An international cricketer is virtually 12 months of the year now. And it's it's been hard on them. And they obviously miss their friends and family. And uh, they need to uh, possibly uh, change the backroom staff, uh, maybe change the skipper. Uh, it's all up for the... Well, debate isn't it you know but um they will come again tom well that, that's the Gordon's just kind of touched on it like what can they do in such a short turnaround <clears throat> space of time to actually get up to any like provable standard that they should be touring and, and uh, yeah. taking part in high level test matches that's the that's the question fraser have you got the answer for us I don't think I've got the complete answer but i think it's certainly a short-term answer which is it's pretty easy to change is is they've got to stop putting more priority on, on all series and not just the ashes. You know, they've got to make, bring some kind of value back to test cricket again. I understand it's been in a unique this year, this year in terms of COVID bubbles and so on. And they've tried to rest and rotate yeah. players, but we've got to get away from this culture where the only series that matters every two or four years is, is playing Australia and retaining the year. And we, as a result, we've used a multiple of players this past year, you know, and not, not in tests against lower nations. We're talking about series against India and New Zealand. They both met in the World Test Final. We're talking the best two teams in the world. And they were England go through in rotating players. Mm. You know, we need to get back into a situation where there is value on every place in a test team in every test. Uh, yeah. And where every yeah. game is treated like you're so you're selected and it's honourable to be selected. You select because you're one of the best 11 test players in England, not because you're rotating in and out mm. because somebody else has gone into a bubble or somebody else has taken a rest, you know. And we, we've come with such a complicated format this year to try and keep fresh. It's all been geared towards the ashes and then we've gone into the ashes completely underprepared and it's all, in my eyes, gone complete waste of time. So I think there's a lot more to talk about on this front. I think, you know, it's a structural thing that's needed. It's a culture thing that's needed. We need to look at county cricket and, and everything else. But certainly in the short term, we start to having to put 
putting more value on a test base in the England team, and that means taking every single test so, as serious as the next. On that point, then, should should Joe Root continue as England captain in in the short term? Do we think is that something that we could change now going to the West Indies and, and actually see whether we get a reaction? That's that's the that's the obvious place you'd start. What, what, what do we think, Gordon? I don't know. I'm not close enough with the the, the cricket in setup, but Joe Root has been uh, instrumental uh, in England's rise over the last few years. We've just had a really poor series here, so I wouldn't blame him totally for what's gone wrong. So, uh, but it just needs the dressing. It needs the freshen it up, uh, and it, it 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 goes through phases. You 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 know, in ten years' time, we might see England winning. In uh, in Australia, five nil. <laughs> I mean, we haven't for ten long. years, have we? Though? We haven't for the last but, ten. But what I'm saying is, Australia ability-wise, man mm. for man, we're better. Simple as that. How you deal with that when you go out on the pitch on a cricket pitch to address that is a really difficult matter. It's psychological. Uh, that, they've taken a real hide in there mentally. Uh, they have got the ability, but they don't believe in themselves. But that that t- will take time. I think you're being generous to an extent. <laughs> I think no, so. They, I think they have the ability. They wouldn't I... be professional cricketers. It's just that they're not applying it on the international stage. It's a phrase of Joe Root in or out. <laughs> if he was prepared to carry it, I have to say in Ben. Certainly yeah. Because, and this isn't the most positive of answers, I don't think it's a viable alternative at the moment. If you, um, I've seen a lot of posts, I've seen a lot of arguments that Joe Root should go. I haven't seen one viable candidate suggested in his place. Okay, so Tom, in answer to your question, no, there is no short, there's no quick fix. They'll be up for another funny holiday. We're just going to have to go again in the West Indies in, in a few weeks. Um, just to finish, because we are almost out of time, uh, the AGM in Pembrokeshire, the cricket AGM is coming up, Fraser. Have you got that date for us? It's in February, isn't it? Yeah, 23rd of February. Um, um, okay. And, and that's when any... any I, I hope they do luck this season of bringing back the draw, because I did miss that. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree with and what I am Gordon's just said. Really? Because we... I'm glad they got rid of that finally. <laughs> and I thought it was a good season last season. I agree with I agree with what Gordon's just said. I, I know you said it tongue in cheek. I think sometimes a draw's a, a draw. No, no, we've is been a positive down that result. Road in cricket for years. I was joking. Win Not lose cricket. Day that's format, the way yeah. to go. But a skillful draw where you battle it out and, and, and draw a game isn't necessarily a bad result. But look, we can discuss this at the AGM, I'm sure. To summarise, I don't. It was a success last year. It did seem yeah. to, to to go down well with the players. I don't envisage any any major proposals come to the ta- table or any major major rule changes this year. There was the exhibition of the 100 match, wasn't there? Would, will there be any kind of murmurings of changing formats yes, or the, introducing? The, 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 already released the plan that, that that will become an annual thing that will be recreated this year, which is excellent news actually, because I think that that was something different and it went down a storm and and mm. so it should you know. Yeah. Cricket's moving on, it's innovating, and it's good to see Pembroke moving with it. Well and, done to them for that. And we should actually say well done to them for, for actually completing last season. And, and yeah. you know, yeah. it's been a difficult last year or so. Yeah. So it's yeah. to get through the full programme, and I, I know we, we laugh a bit, but actually they, they did a great job. And, and yeah. without the, the top job, 
the officers do in Pembroke, they, it wouldn't happen. So uh, that's to come in February. That's that's excellent stuff. All right, listen, I think we are pretty much out of time for another Monday evening. So we will be back again uh, with Pembrokeshire Properties next week. Great to see uh, football back on. So the first hour had some excellent interviews Gordon and Fraser have been doing over the weekend. You'll be able to listen to that as a podcast on the Pure West Radio website and the videos um, from today's show, including that excellent interview with Fionn, who I thought was an absolute delight to have on the show um, this evening. Tom, thank you very much. Hopefully you get that sub sub 24 at least at part run next saturday we'll be watching carefully <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> i forget i forget the eye. results are public <laughs>